Good evening, everybody. Pray that you're blessed on tonight. Pray God's favor is upon you and your family. I pray that you're living encouraged of God on this evening. I want to talk to you for a few moments. We're going to talk about a subject that is near and dear to my heart. I want to talk about unmodified Christians. Unmodified Christians. I'm going to talk to you for that for a few moments. And I pray that it will bless you. If you will follow us, we're going to go to the scripture shortly in Matthew chapter 16. We'll look at verses 24 through 26. Again, that's St. Matthew chapter 16. And we'll be looking at verses 24 through 26. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your listeners, those who are tuned in. Lord, I pray that they are healthy and strong. I pray that they are encouraged and living by faith. I pray that they know that the joy of the Lord is their strength right now. Lord, as we discuss your word, allow your word to illuminate our path, Lord. Let it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Allow your word to push us towards your promises, to show us the, the way and road of destiny that you would have us to travel. Allow your word to course correct us, Lord, our own passions, our own desires. Allow your word us to run headlong into your word. Lord, let us grab hold of this destiny moment as you are literally pushing us to where you desire us to be. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you and God keep you. And I pray that you'll join us again in the word for those of you who just joined us. Again, we're in Matthew chapter 16, and we'll be looking at verses 24 through 26. The word of the Lord there in Matthew chapter 16 reads, Then Jesus said to, to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Let me read verse 26 again for emphasis. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Those are some questions that we certainly want to look at. Some things that we want to consider as it relates to our own lives and how we live with respect to God. Again, our thought for tonight is unmodified Christians. What brings me to this thought of unmodified Christians? When I was thinking about it, what led me here is how we treat our own Christianity. It seems as if we desire to put limitations upon ourselves and limitations upon our responsibilities to God. I have heard recently a lot of modifiers, and by modifiers I mean adjectives, that people tend to put in front of the word Christian. At first it didn't bother me, I, I brushed it aside, but then as I began to think of it more carefully, I began to realize that we are modifying the word Christian. We are modifying a word that means to be like Christ. 
And what do you do when you modify? You limit. You limit possibilities. You limit responsibilities. You limit what is out there as soon as you modify something. Let me give you an example. It was a few years ago. I was blessed with a vehicle and I loved it. I really, it was one of my favorite vehicles that I've ever had. And well, as fate would have it, it was a lemon. By no fault of anyone, it was just a lemon. It was a bad car. We kept fixing it from a few months out from getting it. I had to fix it. We had to have major reconstructive engine repair a few months later. And it seemed like it kept having the same problem over and over. Got to the point where I was going to have to replace the engine. And my dealer, who have, having sold it to me, said that he was going to offer me a good price if I just wanted to purchase another vehicle. And so I decided to go that route. But I was so disillusioned by the whole incident that I didn't even know what I wanted. I really wanted that vehicle, but I was afraid to purchase another one like it. Being in such a disillusioned state, I, rem I was reminded that my wife was about to trade in her car and she knew exactly what she wanted. So that summer I surprised her with the vehicle that she wanted as having traded in the vehicle that had died on me. And so I drove her car. While I was driving her car, she was looking out for me. She wanted me to determine what I wanted. And just being honest, in those first few months, I didn't know. I had no idea. It took me about six months, I'd say, for me to decide what I wanted. And I knew what I wanted. I wanted a truck. More specifically, I wanted a pickup truck. But if you go on cars.com and search pickup truck, I guarantee you're going to find millions of hits. Millions of truck will come into your queue. So I had to be more specific. In other words, I had to modify my request. I had to put adjectives in front of my request to limit it to something that she could find. So I knew I wanted a truck. So another uh, one modifier there was pickup truck. And then I added another modifier. I have three children who were not driving at the time. So I needed a crew cab pickup truck so that my whole family could fit in it. Having had children, if you have children for a while, you want seats that are easily washable. I didn't want cloth seats, so I wanted washable leather, pleather seats. So I want a, a leather-seated crew cab pickup truck. I kept putting modifiers, and the more modifiers I put on it, the more it limited the circle of what she was looking for. She then got to the point where she said, do you not want a certain color? And I said, I want either blue or black. Those are my favorite colors in a vehicle. So then it got to the point where it became clear and choices began, more limited choices began to evolve because I wanted a black pickup truck crew cab with leather seats. Then further, she said, do you know which type of truck you want? And well, after scouring and looking at a few um, best trucks, best pickup trucks, I decided on a Ford F-150. So now, I had all of these modifiers in front of the word truck. I wanted a black Ford F-150 crew cab pickup truck with leather seats. The more modifiers I put in there, the more it limited the circle. It limited what she had to look for. So then when I began to think of that in the context of Christian, I began to be concerned about us putting modifiers in front of the word Christian. 
Are we Pentecostal Christians? Are we, are we New Day Christians? Are we uh, charismatic Christians? Are we liberal Christians? Are we conservative Christians? When I began to look at all the modifiers I put in front of Christian, which means to be like Christ, in the context of that truck, that made me realize that we're putting limitations on our responsibilities. We're limiting what God desires to do for us. We're limiting who we're supposed to love. If I'm, if I'm a liberal Christian, do I love more? If I'm conservative, do I love less? If I'm a Pentecostal Christian, do I feel like there are only certain people I have to reach out to? Only certain people I have to love? Only certain people I have to support? If I put a modifier in front of the word Christian, how does that affect my responsibilities to God? And the more I thought about it, the more I began to understand is that was something I cannot do. It's something I should not do. Being like Christ stands alone. Being Christ-like is a responsibility that I cannot limit, that I cannot modify, that I cannot alter by putting words in front of it. Why cannot I not alter it? Because I have to give up anything else to be like Christ. I can't try to make Christianity fit who I am. I have to make sure that I fit the definition of Christianity. Maybe I want to be a Pentecostal Christian, but no, I have to be like Christ. I have to be Christian. Being Christian is more important than my denomination, than my religion. Maybe I want to be labeled a conservative Christian. What? Am I going to label my Christianity with my ideology? No. I cannot make my Christianity fit me. I have to make sure that I fit the model of being like Christ. I have to forsake anything about myself that I try and put to modify Christianity. I have to forsake it all for the sake of Christ. And there we come to our scripture there in Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I have to deny anything that is not like Christ, anything about myself that is not like him. I have to deny myself for the sake of being like Christ. I have to put it to the side. I have to give it up. I can't allow my own idiosyncrasies or my, my own desires and my own thoughts to try to limit my responsibility to be like Christ. In fact, we, we share the song, I think Fred Hammond sings it. He said, everything I've obtained and everything I know, I give it away just to know you, Lord. It will fulfill my whole life. 
Paul says, for it, he said, all things that I've obtained in my life, I count it all done for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Anything that is about Larry, I have to give it up. I have to let it go for the sake of Christ. I cannot cause Christianity to fit me. I have to make sure that my life lines up with Christ. Not worried about ideologies, not worried about religions, not worried about denominations, not worried about race, color, or creed, not worried about personal politics or politicians. I don't serve a politician. I don't serve Joe Biden. I don't serve Donald Trump. I serve Jesus Christ. And knowing that none of them, voting for them, supporting them, is never more important than my responsibility to be like Christ. Are you ready to live life unmodified? Are you ready to live as an unmodified Christian? If you are, the Bible makes it clear you have to forsake and give up anything. Anything is on the table to be sacrificed. How much do you have to give up? Well, ask Abraham. Well, actually, we should call him Abram at the time. God speaks to Abram and he sends him up the mountain. And he's sending him up the mountain to sacrifice his son, Abraham. Yes, he's Abraham after having been breathed Isaac into his life. After Isaac was breathed into his life, he was Abraham. But God challenges him with the thing that was most important to him. Notice this, not only was it important to him, it seemed to be like the key to the destiny that God had promised him. God promised him, Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. Well, to be the father of many nations, what do I need? I need children. I need a son. Isaac was the son of God's promise. And then God tests Abraham. He sends him up the mountain to sacrifice the son of promise to sacrifice Isaac. Abraham had to be thinking, well, well God, how, how does this fit into my destiny? How can I be the father of many nations if you're asking me to sacrifice my own son, my own son? How can that line up with my destiny? And I go back to the song. Everything that I've obtained and all I know I give it away just to know you, Lord. There is nothing that's off the table. If you love God, you have to be willing to sacrifice anything you have, anything that you love, even the things that you feel define you. You have to live life unmodified to be the Christian that God is calling for. So I ask this question, what are you holding on to? And I, I want you to put that question in the comments. What are you holding on to? I want you to be reflective of that. Reflect on that question. What are you holding on to that is limiting your relationship with God? What are you holding on to? What are you holding on to that is preventing you from living as a Christian that is unmodified? What is it that is preventing God to have full access to your heart, to your mind, to your thoughts, to your desires, to your dreams? What is it that you're putting 
in between you and God. Paul said, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. He said, height nor death nor things past, present or things past, things to come. Nor any creature shall separate us from the love of God. But you know what that meant? That meant we can't, we can't separate, nothing can separate us from love, the love of God coming in our direction. There's nothing that has the power to. The only thing that gets in the way of our relationship with God is us. The world does not have the power to construct anything that separates us from the love of God. The only way that we're separated is when we construct things ourselves. When our ideology is more important than our service to God. When our religion is more important than God. When the things that we have obtained, the things that we purchase, is more important than God. And it's not money, but it's the love of money. The, the things that we do for money that get in the way of our relationship with God. Those things that we allow to modify us, to define who we are. If there is something in your life that more defines you than your relationship with God, then it's in the way. If there's anything that defines you more than your love of God and your desire to serve Him, then it's in the way. The Bible says we must lay aside every weight. Notice it says weight first. Those things that we voluntarily take on. You know what? A weight doesn't pick you up. You pick up weights. That means you're holding on to them. It's something that you're voluntarily holding on to. We must lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us and run with patience the race that is set before us. Again, I ask you the question, what are you holding on to? What modifier are you putting in front of your name, in front of your destiny, that is more important than your relationship with God? I must let nothing, I must prevent anything, I must destroy anything, I must release anything, I must let go of anything that attempts to separate me from my relationship with God. I'm determined to live life unmodified. I'm about to close, but I want to close with, the final, with our final scripture there in Matthew. Matthew 16, 26. Scripture says, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? What profit is it? What, what, what are we profiting? What are you getting that's more important than your relationship with God? And, I, we, and sometimes people think that Christians fall into two categories. We think there's the prosperity Christian, again, modified. A person who thinks that acquiring things is more important than a relationship with God. And then we put another category of those who, who, who just shyly and, think, and speak evil of wealth and things. There's nothing wrong with having wealth. There is nothing wrong with having nice homes and cars. It's, it's, it's nothing wrong with that. As long as that does not define you. As long as that does not separate you from having a relationship with God. I'm not speaking evil against those things. 
What I'm saying is what is most important? What are your priorities? Who are you putting first? Jesus said you cannot serve two masters. You're going to love the one and hate the other. Man cannot serve both God and mammon. You can't allow, allow the desire and push for money to be more important than your love and service to God. Again, are you ready to live unmodified? Are you ready to live as a Christian? I don't need any adjectives in front of it because being Christian is enough. Are you ready to live a life that is pleasing to God? Are you ready to live a life that is like Christ? Paul said it best. Anything that I've learned, my education, anything that I have, my car, my house, my home, I consider that all dung just to know Christ. One of the things that I admire about Job, and I, my time is up, Job lost his wealth. He lost his cattle. He lost his sheep. He lost his children. Even began to question the relationship with his wife. He lost his health. He was covered with boils. Sickness was upon him. But the one thing that God did not allow the devil to take was his life. In this season, some of you have felt those challenges. Maybe your finances have been touched. Maybe your wealth has been challenged. Maybe you've lost a job or your salary or and finances have diminished. Maybe your health has even been challenged or touched. But one thing stayed true to Job, the thing that was most important to him, which was his relationship with God. He said, all my appointed time, I will wait till my change come. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Naked came I into this world, and naked will I return. The Lord giveth, and the Lord has taken away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Out of all the things that he had, out of all of his wealth, Job didn't lose focus of his priorities and he prioritized his relationship over everything else. If you want to live unmodified, as Christ said in the scripture, you have to set aside everything, lay aside everything. And when you lay aside, you're reprioritizing. The most important thing to me is my relationship with God. And I want to say this to somebody right now because nobody had, should have the authority or the ability to change your priorities. If people make you upset, don't cuss them out. Don't call them, don't call out their business. Don't lay their stuff bare because they embarrassed you or they talked about you. Why? You're saying, but they deserve it. Well, I'm saying this, you deserve better. Don't allow someone else to change your priorities. You become selfish in that moment and you lose your witness. You're letting revenge become more important than your relationship with God. 
Don't ever allow anyone or any situation to cause you to lose yourself. You want to get mad, you want to get angry, you want to get back at them, I understand. The Lord says, vengeance is mine, I shall repay. Turn it over to God because it's more important that you maintain your relationship with him than to get seek revenge on somebody else. If you have revenge in your heart, if you have jealousy in your heart right now, I challenge you to let it go. It's just a weight that's holding you back. It's just a sin that is separating your heart from the heart of God. You want to live unmodified. One of the first things you're going to have to do is let go. And as the songwriter says, let go and let God. You're literally turning your situation and your problem over to him. Lord, my relationship with you is more important. So I'm turning my problems over to you. And I'm trusting you by faith that you will handle it. I leave you with the words of David, one of my favorite scriptures. David said, there are a lot of things that are confronting me. There are a lot of things, you know, David was a fighter. David, David said, Lord, there are a lot of things that I want to handle myself. I want to fight them. I want to cuss them. I want to, I want to go to war with them. But Lord, you haven't given me permission for that. So he said, preserve me, O Lord. For in thee do I put my trust. He's saying, Lord, I'm prioritizing my desires for revenge, my desires to strike out, my desires to go to battle, my desires to get, get them back. I'm prioritizing my relationship with you over all of that. So, Lord, I commit all of my problems to your hand. And I'm trusting that you will preserve my interest. I pray that blesses you tonight. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. Lord, for always looking out for us, for loving us even before we knew what love was. Lord, for always giving us when we, what we need, even though sometimes we pray for things that we want. Lord, for always seeing the bigger picture. Lord, for always keeping our path of destiny open for us. Lord, for leaving your resources available to us that we might fulfill the destiny that you've designed for us. Lord, we thank you for letting us live long enough to fulfill your will. And Lord, right now we're praising you for giving us everything that we need to do everything that you want us to do. We're praying that you sustain us. We pray that we allow your joy to be our strength. Lord, we pray that you help us to live unmodified. Let us not put anything in front of Christian that limits what you desire to do for us. But Lord, you said you come that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. Help us to live that abundant life by prioritizing you and trusting you even more every day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Pray that you're blessed by that word. I pray that you're encouraged. Most of all, lay aside anything. Nothing can modify being Christian. Being like Christ is the most important aspiration of your life. Make sure that you live a life that's pleasing to him and let your light shine 
that men might see your works, but glorify your Father who is in heaven. Be blessed. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gifts.